Hey, greetings, church. Good to be with you today, and thanks for coming to hear the Word of God. I invite you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to look today at verses 23 down through verse 29 of Hebrews chapter 11. At the age of nine, Marla was declared legally blind. She could see nothing in front of her, and she could only lightly see objects around her. But she decided at an early age that this handicap was not going to hinder her in life. And so after she graduated from high school, she attended San Diego State University where she earned a double master's degree. And she began to run in, in college track and field. In fact, from 1992 to 1999, it is said she won five gold medals in the Paralympic Games. And she won the 1500 meter race at the Pan American Games. And then in the years 2000 and again in 2004, she qualified for the U.S. Olympic team, becoming the first legally blind person ever to compete in the Olympics. In fact, in one of those, she placed eighth. Without a doubt, Marla is an amazing person. And as you could well imagine, people often asked her, being legally blind, how is it that you could run in a race that you couldn't even see? In fact, one interviewer asked it this way. He said, how can you run towards the finish line that you can't even see? And Marla gave this classic answer. She said, I cannot see, but I know it's there. And whether Marla knows it or not, she gave a pretty good definition of faith. I cannot see, but I know it's there. In fact, the author of Hebrews define faith in a very similar way. He said this in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. He said, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it is the evidence of things not seen. You know, as believers, we do not live by sight, but we are to live by faith. Now, Paul made that clear. Remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, Paul said, for we walk by faith and not by sight. You see, we don't need to see in order to believe. Now, I know that sounds a little bit illogical. It does. You know, we don't, we don't live by sight, but we live by faith. But you see, that is the Christian way. You see, if what you do always seems logical, then maybe it's not God that you are listening to because, you see, sometimes God asks us to do things that seem to be illogical. But please know this, faith is not illogical. Faith is theological because it's God who does the asking. And if God asks you to do something and it seems to you illogical, remember this, if God asks you to do something, then God's going to do what he has promised to do. In fact, we could say that faith simply says what God has promised, that will happen. Now, if there's ever a man who lived by faith and not by sight, it was this man Moses. In fact, he did things seemingly that were illogical. Remember, Moses denounced his Egyptian citizenship. He denied the most powerful man on the planet, Pharaoh. He demanded that Pharaoh let the nation of Israel go. And if Pharaoh didn't, Moses said, listen, your country will be destroyed and a third of the people will be killed. Hey, talking about illogical. That could be like you and I going into the president of our country and saying, hey, listen, president, here are my demands. And if you don't fulfill my demands, here's what's going to happen. Your country will be destroyed and a third of the citizens will be killed. Listen, that seems illogical. But you know, in the case of Moses, please remember, he did what God asked. 
and he trusted God to do what God had promised, and God did exactly as he asked Moses. Friends, and humanly speaking, that may seem illogical, but you see, Moses lived by faith and not by sight. You see, Moses walked by faith and not by sight, and his life is a beautiful reminder to us of what faith does. And that's the title of this message this morning, What Faith Does. And so we're going to look very briefly today at the life of Moses. And we're just going to see what happens in the life of an individual who walks by faith and not by sight. We are going to see what faith does. So what does faith do? Well, notice, first of all, faith always defeats our fears. Faith defeats our fears. Now, we see that in verse 23. Remember, in order to stop the population explosion that was going on in the nation of Israel, the paranoid Pharaoh put out an edict that all of the Hebrew children, all of the infants, were to be drowned in the Nile. Well, when the parents of Moses heard that, they decided that they were going to do it because they did not fear Pharaoh. They, in faith, they trusted God and did not fear the Pharaoh. And so they protected and did not have their son or allow their son to be killed. And they hid him for three months. In fact, the scripture says in verse 23 that by faith Moses, when he was born, he was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. You see, they were not afraid of the king's command. They hid their son because they were not afraid of the king's command. You see, their faith in God defeated their fear of Pharaoh. And when the time was right, we know the story. The parents of Moses put him in a little waterproof basket. They floated him down the Nile. And thereby, God's decree, he found himself in the hand of Pharaoh's daughter. And remember Marion, Moses' sister? She was kind of spying through the bushes. And, and she walked up to the Pharaoh's daughter and said, Listen, uh, this little infant needs to be cared for by one of the Hebrew wives. And so Pharaoh's daughter agreed. And of course, we know the story. Moses' mother was able to care for Moses as a young infant. You see, by faith, Moses' parents defeated their fear when they defied Pharaoh. And by faith, they risked their lives to save their child. And by saving their child, do you realize they would literally change the course of Israel's history? Because this young child would grow up to be that man, that man of faith, Moses. And he too, like his parents, would defy the king by faith. And thus, he would see the nation of Israel delivered from the slavery of Egypt. And it reminds us, whether it be in the life of Moses or in the life of the parents of Moses, that faith always defeats our fear. You see, there are times in life when faith in God demands that we disobey the decrees of man. Now, normally... And on most given situations as believers, we are to obey our government. Absolutely. I mean, we are to be good citizens. Uh, we are, are to obey our laws, show respect to our governing authorities. But when the law of, 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 of man is contrary to the law of God, then we must, as we read in Acts chapter 5 and verse 29, we need to obey God rather than men. So those are rare times, but those are times. That was exactly what the parents of Moses did. They found, wait a minute, I'm not going to allow my child 
to be killed. I don't care what the edict is. And so they had faith in God, which defeated their fear. They had no fear of Pharaoh. Why? Because they had faith in their God. So there are times, there are times in life when we have to stand with God in defiance of man. But those are times when we must depend upon God in faith. You see, our faith in God must drive out our fear. Because if, 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 it, if it doesn't, if we give in to our fear, that will freeze our faith. And we will not move forward, and we will not accomplish much for God. You see, the men and women that God have used throughout the ages have been men and women in spite of a fearful and difficult circumstances, have been in men and women who have moved forward in faith. They were not paralyzed by their fear. They did not freeze. They did not stop. But they pushed through their fear because of their faith in God. You see, that's what faith does. Faith always defeats our fears. For over 20, or 20 years ago, Sung Mi was a young girl living in North Korea. Due to poverty, she was trafficked and eventually sold to a Chinese man as a mail-order bride. And being illegal in China, uh, she was smuggled in, being illegal there. Of course, as you will imagine, she was lonely. She had no family. She had no friends. And she was living with a man that didn't actually love her. As you can imagine, her life was miserable. But in 2005, she began to meet other North Korean ladies from a found in, in a similar situation and these young ladies were believers, and they began to invite her to a North Korean underground church where not only did she meet other North Koreans, but she began to hear the wonderful, life-changing message of Jesus, and eventually she was born again. In 2017, she started visiting other North Koreans living in China. Like her, many of these young ladies had been trafficked, sold into prostitution, and eventually sold as a mail-order bride to older men uh, in China, and they too were there illegally. And so uh, she got, would get the names and the addresses of these other young North Korean ladies, and she would begin to visit them using her own money. She would buy supplies and provisions and always an audio Bible, and sometimes traveling four hours, and she would go and visit one person. And Sung Ming said this about that. She said, showing them lo the love of Jesus, she says, is worth it. I hope that each one comes to believe in the Lord and have a strong faith to endure and to carry on in their walk and relationship with Jesus. But you see, her ministry to these poor, unforgotten North Korean ladies was not easy. In fact, it was risky. In fact, every time she visited one of these North Korean ladies, she was risking her own life. Remember, she was in China illegally. She had been trafficked, and she was there, you know, uh, not in a legal way. And the people that she were visiting, likewise, they were there illegally. So she knew every time she went into a city, every time she went into a home, if somebody spotted her and turned her into the police, she would be arrested in China, fined, sent back to North Korea where she would be executed. Sometimes when she found herself in a home of one of these North Korean ladies and they began to sing or pray too loud, and uh, she would always get a little bit nervous because if the neighbors heard and they didn't like Christianity, they turned her into the authorities, she'd be arrested, fined, deported to North Korea where she would lose her life. Every single visit, she was putting her life on the line and somebody asked her why. Why are you doing this? And here's what she said. She said, and I, and, and I quote, 
She says, when I read the Bible, I realize that nobody can stop us from gathering to worship God. She says, nobody can stop us. I mean, we are called by God to worship. In other words, she says she presses on in faith because she knows she has to obey God rather than man in this. And so she continues to visit, visiting these people. She knows that's what God has called her to do. And then she said, I must not stop visiting and delivering care packages and sharing the gospel. You see, friends, here is a young lady who put her life on the line and her faith always defeated her fear and God has used her to do a wonderful work for the Lord. You see, because the men and women, the people throughout the ages that God has used have been, in women, been men and women who pushed through their fear and they pressed on in faith. Because, you see, we can trust God. When God asks us to do something or God asks us to go somewhere or God asks us to, to give something up or add something to our life, friends, we can trust God. And when faith raises it uh, and when fear raises its ugly head because fear will, because that's what the devil wants. He wants to stop us. He wants to freeze our faith. And so when, when fear raises its ugly head and says, don't do it, don't go, it's too risky, this is what's going to happen, you'll lose your reputation, don't do it. Friends, we have to trust God and press on in faith because if we don't, our faith will be frozen and we won't accomplish much for God. In fact, do you realize today that Moses would have never been Israel's deliverer and hundreds of North Korean ladies would have never heard the gospel had not the parents of Moses and Songmi pushed through their fear by their faith in God. You see, that's what faith does. Faith always pushes through its fear. Fear is defeated as we have faith, daily faith in God. Here's a second thought. Faith also determines our choices. That's what faith does. Faith determines our choices. You see, having been plucked from the Nile, Pharaoh's daughter, by, by Pharaoh's daughter, Moses, as you well know, was raised in all of the pomp and circumstance of Egypt. Remember, Egypt was the most powerful nation on earth in the day. I mean, it, it, had, it had wealth, it had riches, and remember Moses having been raised in, by Pharaoh's daughter, was, was raised in, in, in Pharaoh's court. He's a member of the royal family. In fact, the scripture makes it clear that Moses was highly educated, he was wealthy, and he was part of the royal family. In fact, we read in Acts chapter 7 and verse 22 these words. It says, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. So Moses was a very well-respected member of the royal family who had available to him all the riches and the wealth of Egypt. I mean, what a position he found himself in. But when Moses was 40 years of age, he had a very important decision to make. He had to choose whether he wanted to remain and become a full-fledged Egyptian, or he wanted to rejoin his people, the nation of Israel. But for Moses, his faith in God would determine the choice he would make. You see, his faith in God would determine his choices. In fact, this is made clear in verse 24, when we read that by faith Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He made his choice. And although Moses was an Egyptian on the outside, he was certainly a Hebrew, an Israelite on the inside. In fact, Moses learned the faith of his fathers through the years of being weaned by his mother in Pharaoh's court. And God revealed to Moses 
that he would deliver the nation of Israel. Now, the nation of Israel did not know that Moses would be their deliverer, but Moses certainly knew this by this time. In fact, we read in Acts 7 and verse 25, it says, For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. You see, Moses understood that he was called by God to deliver the nation of Israel, but the nation of Israel did not understand, did not understand that. So when Moses had a decision to make, what determined his choice? It was his faith in God. You see, he knew that he was an Israelite. He knew that that was a true and living God, and he knew what God wanted him to do, and he, and he chose to do what God wanted him to do. His faith determined his choice. By the way, making this choice was not easy. Listen, it wasn't easy for, for Moses to give up his Egyptian citizenship and become a slave with the nation of Israel. Have you ever wondered what Moses gave up? I mean, he gave up social position, we're told in verse 24. It says, by faith, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I mean, he lost the right and the privilege of being a member of the royal family. He lost physical pleasure. We read in verse 25, it says, he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. I mean, he gave up the ease of palace life. He also gave up material possessions. We read that again in verse 25. I mean, being a member of the royal family, he had available to him all the riches of Pharaoh, and he gave it all up. And you see, from a world's point of view, Moses was sacrificing everything for nothing. But you know, from God's point of view, he was sacrificing and giving up nothing, and he would gain everything because he would gain a relationship with God, and he would be used by God to deliver the nation of Israel. In fact, uh, Moses knew. He knew that God would reward him for making the choice that God had asked him to make. We read in verse 26 that he, Moses, he looked to the reward. You see, my friend, from a spiritual point of view, Moses was sacrificing nothing and he was gaining everything because he allowed his faith to determine his choice. And the same is true with us. You, you see, friends, if, if our faith is going to make a difference, if we're going to be used by God to push back the gates of hell and advance the kingdom of God, then we must too be men and women who allow our faith in God to determine our choices. You see, we have to be men and women who allow God to determine our choices. You see, our choices aren't determined by, you know, what I want or what others want for me. My choices are not determined by, you know, will I make more money in this job or will I make more money in this job? So I choose where I will make the most money. That's not how we as believers make choices. You see, we make choices by coming to God and saying, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you say about this matter? So our faith in God determines our choices. It's not my choice. It's not their choice. It's not your choice. It's not what others say. It's not what I say. It's what God says. And see, Moses delivered the nation of Israel because he allowed his faith in God to determine his choice. And so when you're confronted with a new job or a job offer, or maybe you're challenged to do a new thing, or maybe you're even tempted to a sinful action, what determines your choice? Well, what determines your choice is what does God say? What does God want? God, do you want me to do this sinful action? And well, of course not, then don't do it. 
God, do you want me to take this job? Lord, it, it, it seems to me like a great job. There's great money, great hours, but you know, I know I got to go do this. I got to go do that. But God, do you want me to take this job? And so you, you seek the, the, the face of God. God, what do you want? God, what do you say? You see, that's what faith does. Faith allows our relationship with God and what God says to determine our choices. A life that flourishes, you see, is a life whose choices are determined by faith. That's what faith does. So what else does faith do? Well, faith also defines our focus. It also defines our focus. Now, we see that in verse 27, all right? When Moses left Egypt, remember he, he invited the wrath of King Pharaoh. In fact, the scripture says in verse 27 that by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, the anger and the wrath of Pharaoh would cause any man to fear. I mean, after all, Pharaoh was the most powerful man on the planet, and he was the leader of the most feared and most powerful nation in the known world. And so everybody would fear Pharaoh, but Moses didn't. He did not fear the king. The Bible says that Moses did not fear the wrath of Pharaoh. And the reason he did not fear Pharaoh is because his focus was not upon Pharaoh. It was not upon his situation and circumstances. His focus was not on the might of the Egyptian army. You see, his focus was on, as the scripture says, his invisible God. His focus was not on an earthly king. His focus was on the invisible king of kings and the Lord of lords, the God whom he knew had even Pharaoh in the palm of his hand. Hey, therefore, he did not fear. And you see, his faith defined his focus. His focus was on God. In spite of Pharaoh's threats, you see, Moses knew that no matter what happened, that the God of heaven would hold him up, the God of heaven would strengthen him, and the God of heaven would wonderfully reward him. You see, I think Moses, he, uh, he knew and he understood uh, what the author of Hebrews said in Hebrews 13 and verse 6 when he says, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Moses was able to move forward and lead the people of, uh, of, Egypt, uh, the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt because his faith in God would define his focus. You see, he continued to focus on God. And when God called him to lead the nation of Israel out, he didn't fear Pharaoh. He feared God. And so he followed God and, and, and did what God wanted him to do. And we know the rest of the story. God delivered the nation of Israel. Why? Because his faith was on the right point. His faith was focused on God. Not a situation. Not a circumstances, as fearful as they may seem. His focus was on God. Because, you see, when we focus upon our circumstances, it will freeze our faith. And we won't move forward. And we will wind up missing all that God wants us to do. You see, we too need to focus, as Moses did, upon he who is invisible. And when we do, we'll find our Lord as our helper. Maybe today there is in your life, maybe there's a threat of sin. Maybe there's a fear of some kind of financial loss, or maybe you fear loss of a job, or maybe it's the breakdown of your health. Maybe today you're being ridiculed for your faith or rejected for your witness. Then here's God's advice. Look to him. 
Change your focus. Look to him who is invisible and remember the Lord is your helper. Always look to God who is your helper. You know, in 2018, the early rain covenant church in Chengdu, China was ordered by the government to close down, but the church refused to do so. And so as you well know, the government in China, they don't, they don't take such things lightly. So they decided to close the church down for the church. And so they went at it at, as you could well imagine, quite a drastic way. They forced many of the church members to sign false confessions. They arrested 100 members and even tortured many of them to the point that some considered suicide. And even though their lead pastor, Wang Yi, was arrested and imprisoned, it is said that over 500 members continued to go to church and worship the Lord, even considering the government put guards and police stationed in front of their doors and took their names down every time they went in and every time they went out. They continued to worship. You see, they were not going to let the government squash their faith. Their focus was on God. But shortly before the government closed the church and persecuted believers, one of the elders encouraged the congregation with these words. And I want to quote what he said. He said, how wonderful it would be if because of this suffering, we might be able to give off the sweet fragrance of the gospel. What great words. He says, listen, we're going to be, we're going to be persecuted. But let this persecution, when the government comes and squeezes you, may the aroma of Christ fill their nostrils and change their lives. Then he encouraged them to read 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through verse 14. It deals with persecution. And then he closed with these words. He says, react to questioning by the grace and the help of the Lord. Try and turn the interrogation process into a process of evangelism. In other words, when they're interrogating you, hey, try to turn the interrogation into a moment to share the gospel. He says, turn the interrogation room into a new meeting for the church. In other words, when you're in a room and they're torturing you, he says, hey, listen, look at this torturing room. Look at this interrogation as a church service and in it, preach the gospel. And you know what? That's exactly what they did. They answered the persecution with sweetness with the aroma of Jesus Christ, and they began to share the gospel, and they reported that as a result, many of the jailers and, the, and those who were persecuting them and the police bowed their knee and placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Because, friends, see, that's what faith does. You see, it chooses to focus on he who is invisible and finds the Lord as their helper. They didn't focus upon their torment. They didn't focus upon their, uh, upon their situation, their circumstances. It wasn't oh me, oh my. Their focus was on God and God's focus was on them, not those being persecuted, but their persecutors. And as a result, they were able to see many people come to Jesus Christ. See, that's what faith does. You see, our faith, always determines our focus. So let's focus upon he who is invisible and you will find the Lord as your helper. That's what faith does. What else does faith do? Here's the fourth thought. Faith also delivers from death. Now we see that in verse 28. Faith delivers from death. Now remember King Pharaoh would not let the nation of Israel go so they could go worship their God. And so you know what happened. God stepped in, and God brought to Egypt a series of plagues in order to convince Pharaoh that he's the true and living God, 
and you need to let my people go. But the Bible says Pharaoh continued to harden his heart. Plague after plague after plague, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And the Bible said he would not let the people go. So God decided he was going to bring one last plague. And that was the plague to the death of all of the firstborn and the, and the, the newborn uh, babies in Egypt. God said, listen, I've given you nine plagues. Here's the last one. If you don't let my people go, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be death of all the firstborn in Egypt. But in order to protect the Jewish nation, God told Moses, listen, here's what's going to happen. The death angel is going to come, and he's going to kill all the firstborn in Egypt. But I want to protect you. So here's what you do. Go take a lamb. Shed its blood. Take the blood of this lamb and sprinkle it upon the doorposts of your home. And so when the death angel comes at night and he sees the blood of the lamb sprinkled upon your doorpost, the death angel will pass over and your children will live. But if there's a house where that blood of the lamb is not sprinkled, that child in that home, they will die. And so that's exactly what the nation of Israel did. They shed the blood of a lamb and they covered their doorpost. And when the death angel came, the death angel passed over the homes of the nation of Israel. And that's why we read in verse 28, it says, By faith they kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. So the nation of Israel were kept safe because they had faith in the blood of the Lamb. But not so with the Egyptians. They did not shed the blood of the Lamb. They did not sprinkle the blood upon the doorpost. And so as a result, when that death angel came, that death angel killed all of the firstborn in Egypt. And the death of all the firstborn in Egypt not only delivered the, the nation of Israel from death, but it also delivered the nation of Israel from Egypt. That was the last one, and it set them free. But you know, that picture of that lamb shedding its blood, covering the homes of the nation of Israel, preserving the life of the infants, is a beautiful picture of the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ for our sins. It's symbolic, all right, of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Friends, do you realize that God in his love for us sent Jesus Christ to come to this earth and Jesus lived a sinless life. And when the time was right, he willingly shredded himself into the hands of sinful men and there Jesus went to the cross and there upon that cross, the Lamb of God shed his blood for us. And when we have faith in that shed blood, we too are delivered from death. We're delivered from an eternal death, an eternal separation from God. And that's why the Bible says in that great verse, and you know this verse, John 3, 16, God so loved the world, that's you, that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, God gives life. He gives everlasting life to those who have faith in the blood of the Lamb. Listen, faith still delivers from death. But you see, people who do not have faith in the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ shed for you and for me, the Bible says that they will die. It will be an eternal death, an eternal separation from God in a place the Bible calls hell. That's why Jesus said in John 3 and verse 36 that he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, but he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides upon him. Hey, the blood of Jesus Christ has been shed, 
And we must accept it by faith. And when we do, we will be delivered from an eternal death. You see, that's what faith does. And if we don't put faith in that shed blood of Jesus Christ, the, the blood of the Lamb, friends, then we will suffer death, an eternal death, an eternal separation from God. So let me ask you this question. And I have to ask you this question. Have you by faith accepted the shed blood of Jesus Christ? Have you been delivered from an eternal death? Has there been that time in your life where you recognize that you are a sinner separated from God? But God in his love for you sent his son Jesus who came and he shed his blood to cover your sin. Have you accepted that sacrifice for your sin? Have you received Jesus Christ to be your savior? Hey, listen, when that death angel comes knocking upon the door of your life, will you be delivered from death or will you suffer an eternal death? Friends, you don't have to. We need to come to Jesus and we come to him simply by faith. It's just you coming and saying, God, here I am. I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that Jesus Christ came and he died for me, a sinner. And right now, I place my trust in Jesus and Jesus Christ alone to be my Savior. And the Bible gives you this promise, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Hey, that's what faith does. Faith always delivers from death. And there's one last thought. What does faith do? Faith also displays God's power. Now, I know we talked about this last time, but the text does deal with it again here in verse 29, so we're going to address it again, because if it's important enough for God to repeat it, then it's important for us to repeat it as well a second time. Faith delivers from death. Now, once Pharaoh got over the shock of all of the firstborn being put to death, he realized that letting the nation of Israel go was a bad thing for him because all of a sudden he was now losing all his free labor. <laughs> he, was, he was losing his workforce. And so what did Pharaoh do? Well, Pharaoh sent out his army to go get the nation of Israel and to bring them back. And all of a sudden, the nation of Israel, they find themselves traveling out into the wilderness and they have the Red Sea before them. They turn around and they see the nation of Egypt and its army behind them, and they see the wilderness around them. They find them, they, they realize, wait a minute, we are in a difficult spot. There's nowhere to go. And so the nation of Israel begin to lose heart and they begin to complain to Moses. In fact, here's what they say. It's recorded for us in Exodus 14. They said, Because there were no graves in Egypt, Moses, you have taken, you have brought us out here in the wilderness to die. He says, We why have you dealt so harshly with us to bring us out of Egypt. In other words, it's thinking, Moses, did you bring us out here to die like this because there were not enough places to bury us in Egypt? And so they began to complain. They lost heart. I mean, they found themselves in a difficult situation. The Red Sea before them, the army of Egypt behind them, the wilderness around them, there was nowhere to go. They felt trapped and they were certain they were going to die. So Moses, being the leader that he was, turns to the nation of Israel and he speaks these encouraging words. And these also are found in Exodus 14. Here's what he said. Listen to these words. And Moses said to the people, he says, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Wow, what encouraging words. And these words so encouraged the nation of Israel that they went 
forward in faith. In fact, here's what we read in verse 29 of our text. It says then, as a result of these encouraging words, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so, they were drowned. By faith they went forward, and know what happened? God displayed his power. The nation of Israel was wonderfully delivered, and the Egyptian army was tragically defeated, because that's what faith does. Faith always displays God's power. And friends, the power of God is available to us. Hey, remember this, the God of yesterday is the God of today. The God of Israel, he's our God. God does not change, he is immutable. The God of yesterday, he is our God today. And faith still accesses that power. Jesus made that clear, did he not? Remember Mark 9 and verse 23, Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. And again, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 21, he said, if you have faith and you do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, remember the day before he withered and it died. He says, if you have faith and you do not doubt, you will do what's been done to this fig tree. But also you'll say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing these things you shall receive. And all God is saying is this, listen, there's power for you, power for you available so you can overcome your struggles and your difficulties and those mountains that come into your life. You see, there's power available to you. You see, by faith, there's power to overcome your temptations, your struggles, and your addictions. By faith, there's power to leave the old life and start living the new life. By faith, there's power to forgive those who have hurt you. By faith, there's power to restore those broken marriages and those broken and hurting relationships. By faith, there's power, you see, to be the person God wants you to be and to do what God wants you to do. See, that's what faith does. Faith brings the power of God, enabling you to do what God wants you to do. So you and I can be the very people that God wants us to be. And that's what faith does. Faith defeats our fears. It determines our choices. It defines our focus. It delivers from death. And it displays God's power. Hey, listen, let's be men and women of faith. And maybe God wants you in a new and a fresh way to start living by faith. Hey, listen, may these words here in Hebrews chapter 11 be an encouragement to you that we might be men and women who have faith in the faithfulness of God, who trust a God whom we know is trustworthy, that we might rely upon a God who is absolutely reliable. Hey, listen, let's go forward in faith. Hey, join me in prayer, please. Lord, I just want to say thank you for this privilege of teaching and preaching the Word of God. Would you take these simple words and speak to our hearts that we too might be men and women of faith? Lord, I pray today if there's some that have never been delivered from spiritual death, who are not certain that their sins are forgiven, not confident that they're on their way to heaven, may this day be the day of salvation for them. And friend, if this is where you find yourself today, may you right now, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, would you cry out to God and ask him to be your savior? Tell him today that you're a sinner. Say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that my sins have separated you from me, but I believe that you love me and you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. 
And so right now, I place my faith in you and you alone to be my Savior. God, would you deliver me from spiritual death and make me the person that you want me to be? And friends, listen, if you pray that simple prayer of faith and believe and, and believe in faith, God will do what you just ask him to do. He will be your Savior and he will change your life. Maybe there's somebody else today that would say, you know, I just need to start living by faith. Hey, listen, may you right now start taking those steps of faith. Maybe God has been stirring you in a particular area. Maybe, you know, God wants you to do something. God wants you to look to him and God wants you to start trusting him and stop fearing the world around you and start trusting him. Ask him to help you. Ask him to enable you to take those steps. For the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So Lord, strengthen each of us. Maybe some who need to be saved, may you save them today. Others who just need to take steps of faith, strengthen us to take the steps that you want us to take, that we might be the people you want us to be. Lord, may we learn from the example of this man of faith, Moses, and may our lives glorify you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you, church, and may each and every one have a wonderful week for the glory of God. God bless you guys.